If you would this morning turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Now I'm going to surprise you with my brevity today. You chuckle. <laughs> Let's look together here this morning at 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. We're going to start reading with verse 11. <clears throat> Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you calls to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with Him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for He says... In a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. Bless now this reading of Your Word and the preaching of it, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, if you've been on the journey with us for the past... Two months, 50 some odd days, maybe running around 60 now. Uh, you've moved from realizing that you are dust and to dust you shall return, that we are but from the ground. We are created. We are not eternal in ourself. And you've moved through a time of Lent, a time of spring cleaning as we called it. Which is good because most of you are starting to ramp up your spring cleaning about right now. You're getting rid of stuff. And we hopefully got rid of some things in our life over those 40 days of fasting that were not needed. Sin. We cut it off. Threw it away. Cleaned it up. This is what God wanted to do during that period. And now 
we've come to Holy Week last week, and then finally to Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the risen Lord. Celebrate the new life that Jesus has for us. And so today we kind of are transitioning to even something uh, for the next few weeks that I'm going to be working with, and that is this idea, as your bulletin says, of atonement. As Paul says here, of God reconciling the world to Himself through His own work. We're going to talk about God's great salvation over the next five Sundays until we get to Pentecost, which is 50 days away from us, some odd 50 days. Uh, from, from Jesus' crucifixion, it's 50 days to Pentecost. And you remember what happens on this day is they receive power to live out the Gospel, to be those witnesses that they tried to be when Jesus was here, but never really succeeded in being. And so Paul says here, look, uh, if, if, if there's any fear of God about what we're doing, if there's any kind of question about what we're doing, it's the love of Christ that compels us. It's God's great salvation that actually propels us out into the world. We're not doing this on our own accord. And I would just say, from our perspective here at Harvest Point, we're not doing all this show every single... You know, We're not just putting on a show every single Sunday uh, just to do it. But rather, we're doing it because the love of Christ is within our hearts here at this place and we can't do anything else but worship Jesus, but love God, but serve our fellow man. You say, well, why, why, why does the church always try to get involved in the community and get involved in people's lives? Because God is involved in people's lives. God is involved with His community, with this city. Now this Saturday we have an opportunity to serve our city. And even beyond that, we're going to be serving the homeless in June. So if you don't want to go to hell, there are some opportunities for you not to. Here at Harvest Point, we are a local expression of what God is doing all over the world. um, Which is feeding the poor. Which is clothing the naked. Which is reaching out to those who are sick, those who are hurting, those who have lost loved ones. His body is at work. And so are we here at Harvest Point. We are hard at work trying to do what Paul is saying to the Corinthians here that he's doing. Now, you remember the Corinthians, they have an interesting relationship with Paul. They are his problem child. And yet, he loves them dearly. you have any children like that? You know any family members like that? Yeah? Paul loved the Corinthians so much that he spent... A lot of time in these two letters, actually, the most correspondence Paul has in the New Testament is with the Corinthians. Uh, and yet, we don't even have all the letters that he wrote to them. He wrote more than what we even have here in First and Second Corinthians. But you know what he tells them right here? He tells them a few things that I just want to list for you, and then we'll be done. Christ's great love for us, verse 14, is the reason we do anything in church. It's the reason we come here on Sunday morning to meet is because just as we read uh, today from John 20, that's what the early disciples did. That's the first first church we have they met on Sunday morning. And they prayed together. They read the Bible together. Some of the same things we still continue to do in this service. 
You know, some people often tell me, you know, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. We don't we don't do those scripture readings. You know, from the from the four different locations in scripture. That's that's too much. People don't want to be read to. People don't want to. That's that's too boring. Look, I want to bore people with the word of God if that's what it takes. Now, what I mean by that is, look, it is important. Even if you don't understand it's important, sometimes you have to do certain things until you realize how important it is. Isn't that what you found as a kid? I hope. You know, Dad used to make us clean up after we messed something up, uh, such as our room, which was often. Or He wouldn't let us play video games all day. I don't know why. I'm just kidding. I do finally know why. Now that I have my own kids, I'm thinking, your brain is rotting right out of your head as I'm watching you play this thing. It's not that you're bad at the game. You're actually quite good. Um, not as good as your father, but that'll, that'll be the case most of your life. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, son, your, your, your head's rotting away as you're sitting here playing this game all day, right? And I have to stop them. I have to put a stop. And they don't understand why at that time. Neither did I when I was six, when I started playing Super Mario Brothers. Which, by the way, they're still playing that. Interesting. Sometimes we have to do things that we don't like or that we don't understand until we do like them. Until we do understand them. Paul says, everything we do must be through the prism of love. Period. It's the love of Christ that compels us. Secondly, Christ died for all. This is what we celebrated last week. Now, do you know what... All there means in verse 14 in the Greek, it means all. There's no difference. In the Greek it means all, in the English it means all. When it gets translated, it means all. All is all. Christ died for every person you will ever meet in your life. There's no limit to His work. His work is for all People. Paul makes this argument also in Romans chapter 5 that just as in Adam all die, so too now in Christ all can be made alive. It's a very simple argumentation and yet it is very powerful. Christ has died for all. So Christ's love is great. Christ died for all. And beyond that, He died in our place. I, I should have been the one who died. And yet, He died in my place. So He died for all of us in this room and He died in our place. What we call vicariously. As a substitute for. Not only this, Christ Himself is the reconciler, i.e. the one who reconciles. The mediator, the one who is making the mediation between God and us. He's the middle man. He Himself is our sacrifice, mediator, reconciler. He Himself is atonement. Now this term atonement, you've heard it before. It's actually a created term in the English. So typically when you're dealing with theology, theological words are normally Latin or Greek-based or french Some of them are German. Germans are pretty sharp, at least academically. 
some other ways they're not. <clears throat> We've learned and we had to correct them, but nonetheless. Uh, so, yeah, there, most, most of our theological terms that we have, if you go back to the root of those terms, and you know I'm a word guy, eh, none of them are English. This term atonement is a theological term, and yet it was an English term, interestingly. And it means exactly what it spells, at one meant. That's what God did for us. He made us one with Himself in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus is the only way. There there is no other way to get to God except through this middle man. In this case, the middle man is a good man. Not a problem. Rather, He is our brother, the Bible says. God is our Father. Jesus has become our brother. Now, He's not just interested in giving us noogies, but rather in giving us His Spirit. The same Spirit that was at work in Him. The Holy Spirit. Which is where we're moving toward, again, Pentecost. Christ offered Himself for us on our behalf, in our place, because He loved us. Now what does that mean for us? Paul says very quickly, it just means He loves us, therefore now we love one another. So, the logic is very simple here. If God loved us and sent His Son, then we love God and we too are sent. Isn't that what John 20 is saying? Just as I sent Just as I was sent, Jesus says, so now I send you. Also, His death made all things new. Now the image here of water, of baptism, is one of newness. Just as Paul says, just as the Israelites passed through the waters, were sprinkled by the waters of the Red Sea as they passed through, so too they entered into a new life. And just as Jacob, just as you, passed through the waters of baptism, the washing by water represents for us a new life. A new opportunity. A new horizon. The old is gone and the new has come because of Jesus Christ. It also means... That because He is the mediator, we too are. He was the high priest, we're priests now. Isn't this what John says in his book of Revelation? We are now priests in His kingdom. All of us. It's not that you pay people to be priests for you. That's not what you pay me for. It's to be your priest. No, you now mediate, reconcile in your own body the world to God. That's your job. It's the mission of this church. It's the mission of every single individual in the body. You are a mediator as well under the great mediator Himself, Jesus Christ. Now, salvation is so big that it's going to take us about four more Sundays to work through it. 
I'm not going to try to do it all here today. This is almost an appetizer today of the feast we're going to enjoy over four Sundays of talking about how God did His atonement. How He made us at one with Him. But at this point, the message this morning for you is, do you believe that? More importantly than even believing it, is have you experienced it? I mean, it's, you know, I like to learn. I mean, I could never even get away from school, interestingly, although you would have not known that in high school. Uh, I went, uh, I go every week, and I teach. I love it. I love learning. And yet, if it was all, if marriage was just based on learning, well, I might be doing well. But I often am not. Because just for me to understand academically, to believe in love, to know how it operates, to know what I should do, such as self-sacrifice, such as put Jessica before myself, to be quick to forgive, to know it here is not always to work it out in our life. So more importantly than understanding atonement, being one with God, being a friend of God, being reconciled to God, more important than understanding it up here is to experience it. Until you experience the touch of another person, the love from another person, you have no idea what love is. You can read about it in books, But there's nothing like the real thing. Like an old Coke commercial that I remember. There's nothing like the real thing. And it's true. No one seems to be able to fabricate Coca-Cola. You can't fabricate being reconciled to God. Now you can act like you're okay with God. You can act like everything's alright. But until you know the peace that comes from being at one with God. You don't know atonement. Do you know that this morning? Are you reconciled to God? Here's what Paul leaves us with. He says, look, behold, now is the favorable time to be reconciled to God. Right now. Now is the day of salvation. Right now. Do you know God's great salvation for you? Michael talked about how fortunate we are in America. We live like kings and queens compared to ancient peoples. They would look at us and and, and worship every single one of us if we lived in the ancient world. As soon as we pulled out a cell phone, they'd be on their knees. As soon as we were able to drive 100 miles in a car at 80 miles an hour, or 70, depending on if you follow the speed limit or not, they would be worshiping you. We are blessed beyond measure materially, but you know what? Even more than materially, we're sitting on something, so to speak, spiritually, God's salvation, that we are blessed beyond human capacity. Do you know what you have an opportunity to be a part of? God can do amazing things beyond your wildest dreams, and He can start today if you'll let Him. Amen.